Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond Battle Creek. I'm Keith Walker, and today I'm joined by my pastor and my friend Alex Amaya. And so good to see you today. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, it's good to be with you. Uh, what's uh, life been like? Well, I'm glad to be on here finally. I, I guess they hit the bottom of the barrel. Yes. Couldn't find anybody else, so they asked me to come and join and be a part of the Battle Creek podcast. It's good to be on here. Yeah. Well, it's. I, I always enjoy when we get chances to talk. I, do, I We laugh a lot, which is yeah. good. I I spent some time watching uh, Seinfeld's stand-up the other day, and I literally laughed for an hour. And as you know, I had that surgery years ago where actually if I laugh hurts. too long, it hurts, and I actually stopped breathing. And so uh, it was – but I love funny. I love laughter. One year we, we gave Meredith's parents tickets to Brian Regan for mm. Christmas or That's something good. like that. I could tell he wasn't excited, and uh, he didn't know what it was, obviously. And I just kept trying to build it up, so you're going to love it. And it came a few days before the event, and he's like, hey, why don't y'all just go? I'm like, no, you're going. You're freaking going. I, this is my present to you. And he went, and he called me when he got back or on the way out and said, I literally laughed so hard I threw my back out. And he said, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. <laughs> it's healthy. It's good. Well, our friend Ted Cunningham was talking about laughter, you yeah. know, and he talked about the fact that literally when you when you laugh, it's a workout. Yeah, you're burning calories. You're burning calories. Yeah. And so I, I said, to- my two approaches to burning calories are sitting in the hot tub because I heard <laughs> like a 40-minute hot bath is like a two-mile walk or something and then laughing. And so I, I, I'm going for it in the exercise with laughter and hot, hot water. Yes, that's good. Hey, uh, when, so we met, gosh, almost, I think, 15 years ago. We were, we were both in our... 30s yeah then and yeah. today we're not yeah uh 39 again yes <laughs> absolutely but i you know i can remember that time in my life uh i was man i felt like i was just risking everything i was i was still working at a company here in town but was trying to plant a church yeah and uh we i was trying came. to do the same thing I yes guess. you yeah. were yeah and, and so we came and and visited and it's kind of funny there's been these little crisscrosses uh, in our life before that I, I think they've come up at different times we talked about it the one time we visited a church where you and meredith were serving as in student ministry it was like the last sunday you were there yeah we were announcing the, the and we were i think you were moving to arkansas yeah and then we actually came and jennifer and i and our kids came and visited gracemont before you were here and uh, actually, it was the Sunday they announced that this guy was coming from Arkansas to come and candidate to become the pastor. And so we we didn't come back, yeah. but uh, we were actually there right before. And so the, but we did come when I was trying to plant the church actually right down the street from where we're at right now. And uh, man, I just I walked into this place and I heard you preach and teach. And it just really was just awesome. I was really looking for a place for my kids to go because we didn't have any kind of student ministry or anything yeah, like that. Right. And I remember you like inviting me to go to lunch. And we sat and talked, you know, and I told you what I was going to do. And you were sharing what you were doing. And and I just said, hey, man, I, I need a place for my kids to come. Would you be OK with that? And you were like, absolutely. And then I'll never forget. I mean, here we are just miles from each other. And you said to me, is there anything else we can do to help you? Uh, and, you know, I just was so touched by that, you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like as I hear stories over and over again, you did yeah. send me a bunch yeah. of chairs, you know, yeah. which I think you said, you know, we got like 4,000 yeah. extra that we're not yeah. using right we now. Had about 40 people and 4,000 chairs. <laughs> Good times. Uh, you know, before we get into some of these other questions that people have asked, I just I want to ask you, because I've seen this play out with you it, many times. Why are you so passionate 
about connecting with other pastors, especially young pastors or people that are starting ventures and I don't know, for lack of a better word, helping or coming alongside. Like, why is that in you? Yeah, that's an interesting question, I think. I I think I've never thought through that one, but I am passionate about connecting with pastors, knowing pastors. I think it's a hard job, and uh, you need uh, people who understand the job to help you. Uh, The truth is, is that I've always had a lot of mentors when I was in college. God gave me some professors Hmm. before that in high school. There was a youth pastor and some volunteers in the youth ministry. Uh, And and then in seminary, God gave me a couple of professors who took an interest in me. So I had some pastor friends, but I had a lot of youth pastor friends. When I became a pastor, uh, I, I, I think I really was hoping that some of my pastor friends would help and, you know, would send a check or would, would et cetera. And the answer from all of them was, hey, we'll be praying for you. Uh, and uh, God used all of that. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously that you've heard the illustration of the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. It's got to fight. Yes. Otherwise it has the mucus on its yeah. sleeves. It'll never fly. There, There's some truth to that. Uh, I think some of that was a little bit of hazing that, you know, it was hard on us. So it needs to be hard on you sure. kind of thing, which is ridiculous. Uh, but we did learn and we did fight and we did, you know, scrape our way into existence and I just want to encourage pastors when they're, especially church planters, when they're in that stage and they're they're coming into that moment. And so I do spend a disproportionate amount of my time uh, talking to pastors, helping pastors. Yeah, that's a true statement. I never thought through that or evaluated that, uh, but I do I do love them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when you're in that situation of life, you, there is a at least there was for me. Like you're almost like you feel like you're all alone to yeah. some degree. Yeah. And when yeah. someone you know, goes that extra step to come alongside you or to encourage you. I, I think one of the first times we had lunch together during that time frame, we actually, I think we went to Stone Mill yeah, down the street. Actually, yeah. And I'll never forget. I got there early. I was still working uh, part-time at a company here in town, the Bam companies. And uh, so you, I got there early, you came walking in and you look, I like, Oh my gosh, he looks like somebody just like wore him out. You know, you were just overwhelmed. And it was in those early days of our church where, I mean, finances were just, yeah. Hard. Yeah. You know, pray before you open the envelope. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, and so, you know, but those are, you know, those are good memories. I yeah, mean, yeah. we look back and yeah. they've inspired us to yeah. bigger and better. Yeah. Better it's things. Just like your marriage. Some of your fondest memories of your marriage were when it was tough and when you were early on and you, you couldn't, you didn't know how it was going to work. You know, that there's a, there's a thing that happens that you're dependent. And I think in our walk with Christ, we, sometimes we think we outgrow this dependency on the Holy Spirit. Uh, in those moments, it's very obvious you're dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And, and I think it's a good place to be in, in life. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So talking about being dependent and new situations and all that kind of stuff. We have some folks that submitted some questions on Instagram. I have them here down in front of me today. I want to ask you a few of them. Obviously, we're all in the middle, actually coming out of quarantine and everything that's going on Praise in Jesus. life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if if I never zoom again, uh, it, it's okay. It's it's going to be okay. Yeah, uh, we're ten weeks into it. I tried to zoom into the prayer thing this morning, couldn't figure it out. Yes. Yeah, I'm walking down the street on my phone trying to get in. I could, I never got in actually. So I just prayed on my own. You think he heard you? Yeah, I think yeah. he heard. Yeah. Us. Yeah. All right. So somebody asked this question: What's been the worst part of quarantine? Uh, the isolation the for for me i i'm i'm this weird weird mixed 
of extrovert and introvert. And, and so I need people. Uh, and there's a weird rhythm in my day where I need to be alone and I need people to leave. Yes. And, but that doesn't last long, you know, 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes at a time. And then I need to go be with people. You notice I'll get up and walk around and find people. Yeah. Uh, occasionally I'll ask people, you know, I've asked you this many times, Hey, just come read a book in my office. I just need somebody in there. <laughs> it's kind of uh, awkward sometimes Yeah, <laughs> while I'm studying so that when I get to a verse or whatever, I can ask and I can dialogue. I, and so, uh, every single time I get in the car, I pick up the phone. I was just going to ask somebody. you, what yeah. happens when you get in the car? Because yeah. I know the answer. Yeah. So there's a thing about me that's, a, I don't know what it is that uh, just always feels like I need to be getting something done. Sure. Checking stuff off, making progress. And so I love a twofer. Uh, I can be going somewhere in a car yeah, and talking to somebody. Absolutely. And so, you know, if, if, if there's read a book at the same, I don't do that. But, but if, it, you know, if there's, if I'm doing more than one thing at a time, I feel like I'm accomplishing a lot. So when I get in the car, in fact, Ted Cunningham, you know, who who was just with us, uh, makes a joke all the time. You never call me unless uh, you're mm -hmm. in the car. Well, I don't call anybody unless I'm in the car. I don't call people from my office and I don't call people from yeah. my house ever. So like if I'm with my family, I'm with my family. I'm not picking up the phone and calling people. Or if I'm in my office studying, I'm studying, I'm not calling people. And so it is when I call people, I don't remember what your question was, actually. What's uh, the worst part of quarantine? Yeah, not being with people <laughs> and uh, not, uh, uh, I hate preaching to an empty room. I hate it. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> you remember when we were jumping out into multi-side and I went kicking and screaming. Yeah, very much so. Uh, that I, I, I feel like one of my gifts is a communicator and, and a for real, a communicator to people. And, and, and so I, I play off of people. You know, I, back then you remember me saying, what if my relationship with my wife was online? That would be so weird, you know, and yes. so freaky. In fact, you'd probably hospitalize me, yes. or, you know, and, and the world's come a long ways in terms of digital. I think there's a great thing with the digital uh, forefront. And I, obviously we're doing this and, and I think there's reason to be in the digital world. People are there, uh, but I, I'm as convinced more now than I was before. Uh, these 10 weeks, that it's healthy for people to be together. Yeah, It's healthy for people to worship together. It's healthy for people to study the word together. It's healthy for people to serve together. It's healthy for people to hug. And, and we can say whatever we want to say. Uh, every pastor I'm talking to is reporting 10x, you know, of, uh, of numbers that they used to run in the buildings. Now they're running online. Uh, you know, the numbers went way up there. Like at Easter, we're 150,000 people, you know, and that's plummeted. Uh, but even now at the basement of the plummet, we're at two X of what we would ever run in a building of people, conservative numbers. Sure. I know some of these pastors are, are yeah. crazy in the way they Well, we keep using the word connect, like we're connecting with more people than we've ever, but that word doesn't seem to fit for me that we're yeah, connecting. I, I, I just, really? I, I know I'm alone. In fact, Ted said this to me yesterday. I don't hear any pastor saying what you're saying, Alex. In fact, you know, Carrie Newhoff and some of these others are all over the world talking about digital, 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 digital. And I think there's a lot of truth to what they're saying. So sure. don't, don't hear me say that I want to be a dinosaur. But, but what I would say to you is if, if the church of Jesus were really reaching as many people as these pastors are claiming we're reaching right now in the digital world, stats like alcohol sales being up 55% over the same time last year, 300% online sales, yeah. porn, uh, Tinder, uh, all of that stuff would not be skyrocketing like it is. Here's the bottom line. This ain't working. Right. 
If it were working, the gospel, it penetrates people's lives. The gospel transforms people's lives. If all of this were working, all of those stats would be getting better. We'd be getting better as a nation. Uh, we were walking in our neighborhood and we saw this lady uh, at this church. That well, There's a church at the mouth of our neighborhood and it looked like she was trying to peel the painted arrow off of the parking lot. And clearly she was confused. And, yeah. and, and so I walked over, me and two of my children, she, she's homeless and... Uh, we started talking, I offered her a ride. She had a bicycle, no shoes, but a bicycle, you know? And, and so I drove her, uh, me and Ben drove her to 21st and Memorial and we talking to her. She made perfect sense the whole time, but, but she, the anxiety was off the chart. Yeah. The next day I get on Facebook messenger, which I never do. Yeah. Cause it's an insurmountable task for me to get into those messages, sure. messages. And I can't respond. I can't. Uh, and so if you sent me one 10 years ago and I never responded cause I didn't see it. Uh, but, but, uh, I happened to see one. This girl looked sounded desperate. So I ended up calling her. You, you got yeah, involved we're in the in same story. Dough. We're trying yeah. to help this girl not commit suicide. Here's the point. Anxiety is at an all-time high out there. And part of the reason is, is that people were, we were made by God to be together. That's why we say around here, it's better together. Better. We're better to be together. And so for me, there's this level of anxiety that comes with not being around people. I, I, for a moment, I love it. For the first few weeks, we played board games. We ate three meals oh, yeah. a day. Meredith cooked, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was yeah. awesome. But, you know, two or three weeks into that, I was done with that. <laughs> and uh, I like to go out to eat sometimes. And, and I like to meet people. I like to be around people. That's been very difficult for me. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, so let's go another direction here. Uh, we, I think we both gotten introduced to Masterclass. Yeah. Uh, we're also big YouTubers. Yeah, that was uh, my birthday Mar uh, gift this year. Really? Yeah, March 23rd, quarantine birthday. It yeah. wasn't fun. That was not fun for me. Maybe worst <laughs> part of the whole thing. And, and But my family got me the Masterclass subscription. So uh, for me, you know, I think like 400,000 people in the world have my Netflix sign-on via my kids. <laughs> and so I actually got a sign-on via one of my kids. And so I've gotten to watch a few of the Masterclass uh, there's a few that I like more than others. Is, is there any one of them that I think I know the answer to this question, but is there one that kind of stands out to you that, so that's the digital thing that I'm talking about. I think that's the value of on demand. That's the value of digital, uh, lessons. I do wish I could ask questions, mm -hmm. you know, of the people teaching the, the oh, classes, yeah. but my favorite one that I've watched multiple times actually is the Aaron Franklin guy, the, the barbecue mm -hmm. Uh, he's and, from in Austin, Texas, Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Texas. Yeah. There's some good things that come out of hell every <laughs> once in a while. But, but he, he's a good, uh, he, in fact, you know, a few years ago when that Franklin's came in in downtown Broken yes. Arrow, when I saw it, I thought it was the barbecue from Austin. Yeah. I was so excited. Meredith said, you know, what are you yelling and screaming about? I was like, I'm so excited. <laughs> he's, he's we got here. Franklin's barbecue and Broken he's Arrow. Here. <laughs> then we went in it and I was like, yeah, this is not that. Uh, but this guy is this expert barbecuer and you know that's a hobby i love to smoke things and play with meat on grills and you've seen my museum of grills and yes porch, absolutely you know? so i love i love that so i love i love what he's you know it's three or four episodes 30 45 minutes each on just maintaining the fire so oh uh, yeah yeah i love it well even cooking broccolini on top of a little uh -huh. chimney the stack chimney yes yeah 
Yeah. I mean, he's just teaching you the principles of the smoke and the flow and the heat and the temperature. I love, that's my favorite class so far. I did watch the art of negotiation by, you know, that he's boss like a guy, the CIA guy yeah, or he something. He was the chief uh, negotiator, uh, hostage negotiator hostage. for the FBI, I think. Yeah. That's a good one. But I love, I love that. I love being able to engage with that, you know, and stop it and come back to it. Yeah. You, you mentioned just a second ago, you think there's an opportunity even for the church to kind of capitalize on, a situation like that. Yeah. It's kind of the, well, kind of my idea, you know, that we started back in, uh, late April when we said to the church, Hey, set a goal for however long this quarantine, let's set a goal we want to grow in. What's something you want to grow in? Uh, Bob Pittenger, who, who his team, by the way, they took my idea and in two weeks they, they made it reality at 550 adults in our church going through a, a five or six week class using zoom zoom, zoom, zoom class yeah. and uh which we couldn't teach together. it because we can't get on yeah i can't get on there <laughs> somebody has to log me in and help me figure that out but so yeah of course i think that's awesome yeah i think there's some good things but uh we need to connect with people too all right so somebody else asked favorite book of all time so now i've observed it. you have a lot of books a lot of books stacks Stacks of books next to my chair, next to my bed, in my office, yeah. And so I'll ask you questions about books periodically. You know, I I think you read for the section that you like the most. Yeah, I don't Um, ever finish a book. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a book you've finished? The Bible. The Bible. Multiple times. That's good. There's a few books, actually, that I've read all the way through, and and very few books that I read all the way through in one setting. Uh, That doesn't happen for ADD people. Uh, But I have started a some total, at least 20,000 books. And, and uh, you've seen my shelves. I mean, I got yes, books and got books and books, books. But, you know, I hear people all the time say, hey, you know, I, I, when they recommend a book, I, I, now I don't agree with this author on everything. Like, I don't even know why you need to lead with that. There's no author I agree no, with not, on everything. Not completely. I struggle with the Bible on that one, actually, of yeah. agreeing with everything. But, but I know it's the Word of God. And so I come around to getting, you know, under the Word of God. I don't need to agree with every author on everything. I read people I disagree with. I read people that are from a long time ago. In fact, Rick Warren told me one time, Alex, you you need to spend 25 to 30% maximum of your time reading current authors. The rest of the books you read, you need to read people from a long time ago. Wow. Uh, there's wisdom that they have. You need to know the history of the church. You need to know, et cetera. You know, these days are, we use the word unprecedented. It's not true. Uh, it's not unprecedented. The church has been through a lot of pandemics. The world has been through a lot of pandemics and, and around the world. And, and uh, we are stewarding something in our day and age that hasn't happened in a hundred years, but it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Uh, and, and so reading uh, the church going through all of that, it's, it's, it's amazing. When you know the history, in fact, our word hospitality, which you know I love hospitality. Yeah. I love for our church to be very hospitable. It come, the word hospital comes from that very word. And it was because the church started these hospitals and they were known for their hospitality mm. and they were taking care of people. So schools and hospitals, all of that was started by, by church. churches in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of crisis. And uh, so I don't finish a whole lot of books, hardly ever. That's ADD, but I do read chapters here and there. Uh, uh, but but the Bible is, uh, I, I said that jokingly earlier, but that you know that to be the truth of my life. I, I call it first and last Every day. First thing I read, Bible. Last thing I read, Bible. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but I, you know, I'll read three verses, five verses before I go to bed, before I close my eyes. I want the last thing I'm thinking about to be light 
in my life. And when I first thing when I get up in the morning, I'm not going to check social media. I'm not going to look at USA Today. I'm not going to turn the television. I'm going to go straight to the word because I got to. There's so much darkness. We live in this world where where we're penetrated by the darkness all the time, knowingly yeah. sometimes, but unknowingly a lot, right? And, and in fact, I was thinking about this passage that talks about the all the detail around the tabernacle uh which i don't know why god gives us all that yeah. but there has to be a reason sure and one of the phrases that I, I had not paid a whole lot of attention to is the seven lamps you know in, in the tabernacle and i said put them out front out front yeah you know then a couple of days later i'm reading about the lost parables the lost son lost coin lost uh sheep and, you know, it says the lady, when she lost the coin, she flipped the house upside down, but she turned the lamp on and she turned the light on. And I was thinking through that whole process of what do you do when you lose something? You turn the light on. And for for me and, and for those of us who know Christ, the light is the word. Yeah. We go to the word to turn the light on. It's dark all the time. So we got to be, we got to have a disproportionate amount of light in us uh, because the darkness is coming. And if you have eyes, if you have ears, you know, if you live in this world sure. and you're not a hermit crab, you, you, you're exposed to the dark. And so we got to be taken in the light, taken in the light, taken in the light. And so uh, I, I, I do spend vast majority of my time. So in the Bible. one of the things that's different about our upbringing. Yeah. I, I was brought up in a home. I mean, you didn't have I, an Egyptian dad. I didn't have an yeah. Egyptian dad, had Texan dad. I, I'm born on Friday. I'm in church on Sunday. Uh, I'm in Sunday school, you know, flannel graph. I'm learning scriptures. I'm in Awanas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that really well, I was. I didn't know Awanas was yeah, that old. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's been around. <laughs> Prove workmen are not ashamed. Uh, and and so I really didn't know anything other than the Bible and church and all that other kind yeah. of stuff. But so I grew up in that. Maybe I take it for granted. I I will never forget. And I'd read through the Bible maybe once or twice before I started going to church here. And so, but I will never forget, there were always these moments that felt like in, in, in the early days where maybe after the second song, you would come up and a lot of times you would have this, I mean, this tattered paperback mm. Bible. I'm thinking, I got to buy my Bible, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> but really it, that was your one year Bible. Yeah. And I'll never, forget. so, you know, for 15 years now, I, you, you said you need to get a one year Bible and you need to read it. And at that point in time in my life, I was very open. I needed direction. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad of teenagers. I'm trying to make it in a career. I'm kind of stale. Mm -hmm. And so you said, do it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I started reading the one-year Bible and I found that it was systematic. Yeah. It, it kept it fresh. I didn't get bogged down in one part. I got yeah. some other stuff all at the same time. So I've done that for like 15 years in a row. Yeah. And I've, you know, done different things at different times, but it's life-changing. Yeah. It's a part of my life in a very yeah. deep and dating it is is what's awesome. You know, obviously a one year Bible is dated by day. Yes. Like, you know, May twenty eighth or whatever. And but writing the year out beside a paragraph and what God was saying to yeah. you is very therapeutic because you see the journey. You know, uh I, I journal, but I'm not a good journaler. Yeah. I really failed at this many, many times. It depends on how desperate I am. Yeah. I'm a better yeah. journaler when I'm desperate. Yeah. It's like finishing <laughs> books. I've never filled a journal. Uh, oh, yeah. but, but I, what I have started doing this year in 2020 is I bought one of these five-year journals. Uh, it's a leather bound. Have you seen them? Five years? Yeah, it's called five-year journal, but don't, don't let That'll that last title, like 40 don't years. Don't let that title deceive you. Yeah. Cause I can use that one for 80 years, but, but it, it, it is like January one. And then you write the year 
2020. And it's only like three lines. And so it's five years for that day. Uh, So I can accomplish three lines. You know, so kind of like how we write next to it in our one year Bible. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And so I'll write, this is what God's telling me. This is what I'm praying about. And then next year I'll come back to January one. I can see where I was five years from now. I can see where I was. And what I love about that, because you know me, I want to make progress. Yes. And and so I can look at the progress and and figure out what's happening. But I I love the one year Bible too. And and walking through that journey, you you mentioned it. Yeah, there a minute ago, I was desperate or I was uh-huh. open. or th- th- Those are the moments. And, and I think for, for me, the systematic approach to taking in the word, uh, even to the journaling process, is, is, is me just saying to God, this is not about a sermon. It's not about me presenting. It's hard for me to look at the Bible like for me. That's the truth because I spend so much of my time looking at the Bible for you and yeah. for everybody else and yeah. for, for I, I want to preach it, mm-hmm. you know. And so even when I'm trying to do devotional, I have to separate devotional time from sermon prep with a clear line. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to do. Now, I, so every once in a while, I'll jump from one to the sure. other. Sure. You know, but, but in, in general, I try to keep it separate But because I got to be a sheep before I'm a shepherd, right? He's, he's, he's my shepherd. But... Uh, systematically going through it where this is not for anything else other than me is helpful. Uh, like I'm walking through this chapter, I'm walking through there and, and God inevitably uses it. Mm. There's always series that come out of this time. Absolutely. But it's a year later, nine yeah. months later, 18 months later, you know what I'm saying? And, and so uh, it happens, I, but, but God has to do it in me before he lets me do it through me. You talked about earlier, um, mentors, college professors, different ones that poured into yeah. BJ. I got to meet him this last year. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed spending that time with him. Um, I remember you telling a story and I may get it confused, but I, I feel like there's a story of I think you were doing an internship one summer as a student pastor and some stuff happened in that church and you were having to yeah. take on more leadership yeah. than you thought you were capable. And I feel like there's this, there was a moment where you're like in this house or cabin or someplace yeah, you were staying the parsonage the parsonage church, yeah. and you're you just have this conversation with god did does a moment like that play into your passion for god or your yeah, word of god? yeah what you're talking about is that moment where i told god i quit and that i, I was done with this i was so frustrated i i, I was introduced to the politics of church oh. and i didn't know anything about that you know, because Catholic, I grew up Catholic. You know, yeah. they're all the same all over the world. Doesn't matter where you go. Uh, and so I, I got to do an evangelical church, a Baptist church. And and in that year, as I came on an internship, the youth pastor left. And, you know, I, I came into that youth group to lead as the, I was going to be an intern, but he left. So now I'm the leader. Yeah. So I, you know, when I called How the pastor, old are you? Uh, 19, 19 years old. <laughs> So I was a teenager and I wasn't even 20 yet, you know, in fact, now I would think about it now, like I rented vans, 15 passenger vans and drove teenagers to Phoenix, Arizona at 19, 19. years. The world has changed Yes. And, and 30 hours of driving in a row. It's not safe. You know, I remember in a lightning storm one time thinking, I'm going to fall asleep with these kids. But, but it's crazy that they let us be in charge. But I, all of the stuff that I learned was through that season of, of wrestling. And sure. but, but there was this moment in that, in fact, I called my dad the first, first Wednesday night of being the youth leader at this church in Arkansas. And he said, how many, how many teenagers you have? And I, I said, one. And, and he said, son, I have to tell you, you, you don't have a youth group. 
group means at least two. <laughs> and uh, you have a youth. And uh, your dad has a way of seeing <laughs> directly, right? You know, and so it's like, yeah, I have a youth. I don't even have a youth group, uh, but we grew it. It grew actually, you know, in the, over the summer to about 40 teenagers. And, uh, but, but there was this season of where I just was going to quit. Now, and I didn't mean just ministry. I meant this whole Christian thing. Like yeah. I'd saw stuff and was exposed to stuff, but that journey of God just saying, good, come on. Yeah nestle into me and uh i want to i want to know you so i i don't remember what your question was well, yeah there was a moment it. like you that, answered yeah. it uh you know what I, I would have to say you know you've given me some gifts over the years i think one of the best gifts you've ever given me was you know early on you invited me in to study the word with you mm-hmm. uh even to talk about sermons and what you were going to preach and creative ideas on how to make points. And, and that's turned into, I don't, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years. I was actually this morning thinking through that investment of time. We've, and we get to spend a few hours most weeks together doing that, you know? And so I started multiplying that out Mm -hmm. and the hundreds of hours, thousands of hours, actually we've been able to, I've been able to spend together with you in the word of God. There's literally no one else on the planet that I've spent more time in the word of God with than you. Yeah, uh, and I've tried to help you, you know, yeah. and, you know, and we're getting there, you know, 10 yeah. more years, maybe we'll get it. But, yeah, but that is such a gift. I mean, just, to, and I think we all need some, we need people in our lives that we, we got to be in the word by ourselves, but we got to be together to go back yeah. to your point. Yeah. You know, some of my Jewish friends talk about this quiet time thing of us doing this by ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and they literally will say to me, that's the most arrogant thing I've ever heard in my life that oh. you think that you as a person could get with the word of God by yourself and interpret. No, that's done in community. No, that's done in the body. That's done with people. It's interesting that we we want to make this whole thing individual. And it is individual. He saves us individually. He speaks to us individually. But there is this journey of us doing this in community together and digesting the word it's it's a for me too the I, i this is what i was getting to a minute ago and i forgot i got sidetracked is a steady diet of the word means that God gets to set the agenda. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that hey, I, I'm, I'm just going to read it systematically. Hmm. I'm not looking for an answer today that's dealing with this or that's that good. or the other, that I'm desperate. And I, can, can, like you're calling a friend and you're asking for advice. I do that, you know what I'm saying, from time to time. But with God, I want to say, hey, you, you just speak to me. I'll memorize it. I'll learn it. I, I, I'll, I'll engage with you on your agenda on it. And, and years later, sometimes, it becomes relevant to yeah. an answer to my life. Not today, at this very moment, always. Sometimes he it's does good. that. He's gracious to do that. Yeah. But but I'm not hunting and pecking for, for something to prove a decision I need to make today. I'm saying, God, you just set the agenda. My, my heart is yours. I'm trying to get under you. Uh, and, and just to stay with it, let him set it. Yeah, that's good. All right, so agendas. Uh, we're, op- we're coming into a season of, we hear this word a lot, reopening yeah. and coming back together and that's getting ready to happen for us as a church uh are you nervous about that at all about reopening uh and maybe even talk about what steps we're taking right now to to be able to do that yeah i i I don't think about it actually (laughs) this is my solution (laughs) is i let the staff figure it out you know i I want a solution kurt asked me if you know i don't know four or five weeks ago hey what 
what kind of plan do you want? Which way do you want us to go? I was like, Kurt, no, you misunderstand. I want to plan for everything. I, I want to plan for we open in two weeks. I want to plan for we don't open yeah. again. I want to plan for the, this virus comes back in yes. the fall. I want all the playbooks on the shelf yes. so that when we hit that moment, we can pull that playbook out and, and run. And so, uh, yes, I want a plethora of plans, and they're doing that. And this, you guys, the staff, are, are doing a great job at that. I'm just praying, honestly, and and just saying, God, help us figure this out. And uh, and we're going simple. You know, we're calling. We're doing a series called Acts, called Restart because we are restarting the church and in a very real way, we're restarting sure. everything in this world. Uh, and you get a restart. You and I have a common affection for Chicago, you know, yes. we in Chicago at one time. Cause we love pizza food. and yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. Chicago is one of the greatest Italy? cities on the Italy? planet. One of the yeah. best recommendations I ever yes. made to you. Yes. I love <laughs> Chicago has restaurants, yes. like good ones. You can't survive as a re- yes. hot dog stand has to be great to it's, survive there. Yes. Uh, but the reason I love that city of all the big cities I've been to, and I've been to a lot of them across the world, uh, is the beauty of it. Like they have so many gardens, so many flowers, so much. And, and, you know, God gave me this word when we had a campus in Chicago. The reason Chicago is, is a clean and pretty New York or a clean and pretty Philadelphia or Boston or one of these ancient cities in our, in our country, in terms of our country, is they got a restart. Oh yeah, this is good. You know, yeah, the fire happened. Yeah, and, and and so where New York is constantly remodeling, Chicago got to rebuild and got to restart. And so there were lessons. Yeah, over all those years, you learned. Okay, let's not take every square inch of downtown with building. Let, let's leave thousands of acres for garden. Uh, let, let's have green space. Let's have trees. Let's, so it's so much more beautiful. Than oh, it's New gorgeous. York. Uh, and you got the water and all that. Like, I hate the cold. Like, I don't have any use for the cold up there. But the months of the year that it's pretty. But they got a restart. And, and so it's a more functional city. It's a, it's a more thought-through city. Obviously, there was death. And obviously, there was yeah. pain. And obviously, there was dilemma in that fire. But, but the long-term effect of the city was they restarted. They thought through it. As a church, I don't want to miss that window right now. As we restart, let's let what does God want us to keep? What does He want us to add? What does He want us to delete? Uh, and, and there are things we we reset spiritually, and and I hope that people are doing that. I hope you're talking to God. I hope you're, uh, you know, as an individual, as a Christian, you're, you're you're resetting. But strategically, we need to reset too. That let's face it, there are some things that we thought were urgent a couple months ago. We haven't done in two months. Oh yeah, so it's not nearly as urgent. Think as about think. the plans we put in place for Easter. Yeah. And we miss Good Friday. We miss oh Easter. Gosh. We miss Mother's Day. We miss all of those highlights of the life yes. of the church. We're doing all that online, and and, uh, and so the, my point is, is that we got to think strategically. So we're going to go back to Acts in this series for all of June and July, maybe the first Sunday in August, nine weeks, and, and we're just going to read Acts because Acts is not just the history of the church. It's also about the present church and about the future church. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, I, God was giving me this word while I was walking the other day out of John 2 of the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Why wine? Yeah. Uh, you know, water to wine is the first miracle. It's kind of controversial, you know, in Baptist circles. And, Absolutely. You know, and, 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 the people uh, I grew up with said it's grape juice. It's grape juice. Yeah, 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 that's nonsense. But 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 the, <laughs> the, the point is, is that he could have done it. He could have healed a dead man, a woman. He could have done all kinds of things. He could have walked on water as his first, but he chose that. And, and this is the word that the Holy Spirit was putting in my heart. Maybe, you know, because the phrase is, is the best wine is saved for last. 
uh, in this particular wedding. In, in normal weddings, you could put the best wine that's up right. front, and then the vinegar, you know, the rubbing alcohol yeah, on the back, the cheap stuff. But 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 in this wedding, they saved the best for last, and that's the phrase that the Holy Spirit was just putting on our heart. Maybe in this whole thing that, you know, in the beginning, chapter 1, it says, uh, I began to teach about everything that Jesus began to do. Mm. In, in, in other words, the Gospels are not the end of Jesus' ministry. It's the beginning. The crucifixion even is just the beginning. Right. Uh, the resurrection is the beginning. Acts is it continuing. The Acts, we call it the Acts of the Apostles. It's not really the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of God through the Apostles as the church is birthed. And, and, but, but he's still working. Maybe what all the miracles that God did, 3,000 people saved in one day. All of that stuff, the beginning of the church, maybe that's the old wine. And, and what's coming is the new wine. Is the new wine. And, and as we reset this thing, he's going to give us even better. He's going to give us even greater miracles, greater joy, greater fulfillment, greater church growth as the gospel goes forth. And so I'm really excited about the reset. I don't know what it looks like, actually. I, I, I like to plan and map out. You know, I'm kind of anal-attentive about planning and mapping out. Yes, you are. Uh, but there is a freshness and a, and a honesty of just saying, God, what are you doing? Show us. And so as we walk through these scriptures, we're just going to be saying, hey, God, direct us and, and tell us what it is we keep, what it is. What, what of Acts is prescriptive? In other words, this is how you do church. And what of it was just descriptive? That's what they did. Yeah. You got to discern all that. So I, I saw, I was, when you were talking, um, that we just saw on Sunday, but when you were talking on, on Sunday, actually, and when Ted was here, I was actually sitting off to the side next to Ted. And you were up front and you were talking to the room. And for the first time, the room had a mm. hundred something people in yeah. it. And yes. And Ted actually made a joke. He was like, Hey, is he preaching or am I preaching? You know, I was like, well, I said, this is the first time he's been in front of people for three months. And I could see the light, you know, and I could feel the energy from where I was. And you got to talking about worship. And you begin to cast this vision for what worship can look like going forward as we reset. And I, I saw it play out in the room mm -hmm. as the, and, and listen, there's a lot of different ways to worship. We all acknowledge that. But what you were challenging us towards was this physical expression. Yeah. Uh, and coming, I'm the kid that grew up in the independent Baptist church and you yeah, don't you do this and you don't, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And when I came here, I just felt this freedom and this liberty, you know, to express myself. And then yesterday, I mean, you just, I mean, you, you just challenged us, you know, just to turn it loose and to be the example. And what do you, you know, as we come back, mm. I know you're excited about worshiping together, but yeah. recast that just a little bit. So about I've got this mental list okay. that, that I've been making. And, and you should, I hope you're making the list. Early on, three, three, four, five days into this thing, I, I, I said, at dinner, I asked the kids, I said, hey, what are you not going back to? What, what is it that we're done with? Yeah, and, and it was a great exercise, you know, for us to. We didn't have any idea. We thought this thing's gonna go a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, no more chores. Yeah, not going back. Like to, I said, I'm not going back no to homework. chores. I'm not going back to school. <laughs> but 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 the the that ought to be a part of the conversation. But I, so I have this mental list. I need to put it on paper. Of I have no desire to go back and pastor a church like. Mm. And uh, th there are some things I love our church, and I think our church is there's no perfect church, but I think we're very healthy church. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of things I'm proud of that God has done in, in the life of our church and, and uh, just stories of, of life. But, but one of the things I don't want to do is I don't want to go back to a church that, 
that is emotionless in, in worship. And I'm, I, that's certainly not been true of our church, all of our church, but there are pockets in our church that they just come and stand and watch the lyrics on the screen yeah. and, and don't engage. And, and um, I, I, what I want to shout and scream from time to time is, hey, have you thought about what we're singing? Have you thought about what's on the, the, the we're saying, I love you to Jesus. And, you know, at some points we're saying, I receive you, Jesus, or I receive your love. However, it's working. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's him giving to us or us giving to him or, or, or vice versa or all of the above, it ought to involve our emotion. And I, you know, I'm an analytical person. I'm a thinker and, and you know, I, I'm a planner. And, and so I'm good with analytical people. Uh, I am one, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm good with very charismatic people, you know, who are jumping up and down and dancing around, and everywhere in between. There's room for all of that. But what there's not room for when you're making worship of Jesus Christ is for it not to engage you, for it not to engage your mind, your heart, even your emotions. Think about it if you want to. Put your hands in your face if you want to. Put your head between your knees if you want to. But think about it to the degree that it moves you. I can't think of anything else in life that we consider worthy, that we enjoy, that we don't express ourselves about. Yeah. I mean, we both have a common passion for football. Yeah. We get excited about yeah. it and we yeah. verbalize it yeah. and I'm a lot praying, of other I'm things. It comes back. Yes. I'm it comes back. Food. Yeah, we even get yeah. excited about food. You yeah. know, we talk about yeah. it and we get animated. Yeah. Why wouldn't that play out in the middle of a room with other believers? It's and- been interesting to watch in your own living room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This has been frustrating for me. Yeah. I love the conversation time, the questions, and I, there's been all kinds of you know, feedback related to the discussion times, you know, single adults, like, who am I going to discuss it with? And senior adults who don't have any kids in the room are like two minutes is an eternity. And, and, but for those of us with, with kids in the room, uh, whether they're littles or teenagers, there's probably a little too little Uh problematic, but at a certain age, up to a certain age that you got kids in the room, the discussion times during the sermons has been awesome, but the worship has been painful for me. And not because our team is not doing a great job. They're crazy talented. They're anointed. It's good, but I can't sing. And so there's an embarrassment for me to sing out loud in front of people who can hear me. That's part of the reason our churches are so loud mm. is I don't want to hear myself. I want to give people the freedom to sing at the top of your lungs with nobody hearing you. Uh, I, I love that. And you're right. I mean, the, the, the quietest people on our on the planet end up at a football game and they're screaming and yelling. Going bananas. And, and so come on now. Let's engage yeah. with Jesus. We're, we're worshiping. That's good. Which, you know, I... You said you can't sing. There was a period of time, maybe three to five years, we basically sat next to each other in church, mm. you know, and worshiped next to each other. There's not a more passionate worshiper than you. You know, what, what, no matter what it, and I, no matter what it sounds like, you know, what comes yeah, through, <laughs> but what comes through is I love God and I want to tell him. Yeah. I want to, I want to, and I'll never forget the first time and you, you have this habit. Sometimes you'll kind of move to your left into the out and your I don't arms, the, oh, so I can't touch me. Yes, or, 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 and your yeah. arms go up, you know. Yeah. And I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I was like, I got to be free like that, you know. I got to express that um, sure. to it, the Lord. Yeah, I, I sit up front on purpose because I get distracted mm-hmm. by people, and so I can't have anybody between yeah. me and the you know the stage of the band. And but but I, I mean I do think it's from time to time I'm a leader, a lead worshiper. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But that I'm leading people. But really, it's more about. Hey, I, I, I'm about to teach the word, about to minister the word. I, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I need to be yes. engaged with God. He's got to do something in me and through me. The Spirit has to, you know, and so for me, it's 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 all preparation for what's going Well, that part of, at my campus, 
I, I sit in the front. Mm-hmm. I don't hang out in the back. I sit the front and I try to express myself, yeah. you know, and I, I do. I think there's a responsibility we have, yeah. but it, man, there's so much freedom. All right. Let me, let me just go to this real quick. If I could, uh, you know, when I walked into this church years ago, I heard some things that I just wasn't used to. Uh, everybody is welcome here. Uh, and it wasn't just words. I saw it begin to play out. Uh, things like inclusion, mm-hmm. um, talking about the people. Um, the, I've always seen a passion in our church and in you uh, about getting others pulled in and engaged. I'll give you just a real quick. So yesterday I'm walking down the hallway. Uh, our team is up here. Uh, there's a there's a leaf on one of the trees that's dead. I reach up and I grab it mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm taking care of it, you know, and Amanda Brown, who's been on our team forever, leads our preschool ministry and stuff, you know, uh, you know, she's, she makes a comment, man. Uh, if when Keith was here at our campus, when I was here, he would have had a volunteer, you know, walk in the building, making those trees looking good. Well, I learned that from you. Yeah. It's not the staff. It, it's the people who minister and you've always put, why is that so important that we bring the people into, I mean, not just something, everything mm-hmm. that we do here at our church. I think the people are the project. Mm. Uh, that's the, the, the temptation as a leader is to use the people to accomplish your vision. And where, where God always brings me back to is, hey, no, 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 the vision is the people. Uh, that is the vision. They are the project. So we make up jobs around here so that they can participate and and they can be a part of it. And there's this weird tension. You know what I'm saying? Like you're building a property. People are like, no, 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 we don't want the lay people to paint. Uh, Let's let painters paint. Well, I think we ought to let painters paint, but the painters are people. And let's use church people uh, to do that. And so there's this excellence tension and and this participation tension. And it's a tension to be maintained. Obviously, you want to do it well, but you've got to steward the people. You've got to give them a project so that they're included in the body and, and what God is doing in the church. And, and, and so uh, the goal is not to get that task done. The goal is the task that the Holy Spirit is doing in the people. And, and, and so we, we got to continually be the family that's giving people the jobs. I, and, and I love that. I, mm. I'm excited about it. Today, I was walking. I was trying to, I told you, I was trying to zoom into the prayer thing and couldn't figure it out. Well, then this truck pulls up beside me and it's a landscaper. Nathan Vaughn is his name. He goes okay. to uh, uh, the Owasso camps. He's hey, Pastor Alex, you know, and he's yeah. like, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're just trying to walk. Can't you just people leave you alone? And, <laughs> and so we got to talk and I'm asking him about landscaping. I said, hey, give me some advice on some stuff. And yeah. so I jump in his truck, which was full of, you know, crap and, it, and it's called landscaper kind of style. And so he's moving stuff around and he drives me back to my house. We get to talking for 45 minutes about this, that, and the other. And, and, and he, he said, well, we can do this whole job turnkey. I was like, no, 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 we're not doing the whole job turnkey. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, no, my boy's got to get out here with a shovel. And, and, and they got to, you know, pull some of these things out. And yes. he's like, what do you mean? I said, no, 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 we, we do this together. Yes. What we do, we do together. And, and I'm not just paying you to come and do it. Why? Because my because my family needs to own the house. They need to own the, they need to be a part of the family. They, uh, you know, my kids would just assume I pay that particular thing out. Sure. But when they own a house one day, they, they, they'll remember that. Yeah. They'll remember doing that with dad. They'll remember... Well, I've just never seen, I mean, like I've never seen you be afraid of a, of a CEO. I've never seen you be afraid of a a professional teacher. I've never seen you be afraid of, you know, I was like a production manager when you and I met at had a plant employees. And what you saw was a person who's responsible for 150 people running a pretty big business. And now how can we use that to grow the kingdom? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's it's primary and, and secondary calling. I yeah, I come it. back to that all the time. Listen, yeah. your purpose was not a plant manager. That yeah. was what you were gifted at. That, yeah. that was where God was using that. But but that wasn't your purpose. Your purpose was the gospel. Yes. And so if you're a child of God, your purpose is the gospel. You know, Mike Babb, we, I, he and I were talking about yesterday. He, he's a gifted CEO. That wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to communicate the gospel. CEO was just how he did it. He was just gifted at that. that I, I, even me, let's just get honest. I, I, I'm not a preacher. I, 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 that's what I'm gifted at. That's, that's what I love to do. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is the gospel. Preaching just happens to be one of the ways I do it. Yeah, and, and, and so the same thing is very true for a dentist or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever. The purpose is not the occupation. The purpose is the gospel. And, and, and so how do we use all those giftings and all those flavors and all those varieties in this body of Christ to, to do this thing together? It gets me pretty excited. Well, uh, I, I'm excited about us coming back. Uh, you, ta- you alluded mm. to the, the series that's coming up, Reset. Uh, I'm going to go back through the book of Acts. Yeah, and we're going to do it in one location for a minute, you know, and, and let God show us how to spin it out. And, I think there's some people excited about that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it too. I've had several say, well, you're not open in Midtown or you're not open a while. Yeah, we will, you yeah. know what I'm saying, provided God leads us there. Uh, we got to hold it all like this. God, what are you showing us? What are, what are you What do you want to do? We're letting him set the agenda. Yeah, well, maybe kind of wrap up with, so as you look to the future, I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard right now to look past yeah. next Sunday. Yeah. Um, vision for our church. Uh, what, are you, uh, what are you dreaming about well, that you could share? Well, I think Acts, I'll go as far as Acts 1. Okay. Okay. We're, right. we're about to preach that next Sunday. I, I think some of the takeaways are he, he, he has the authority, not us. Hmm. Yeah, Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He, he's the authoritarian. Uh, he doesn't share that with us. Uh, my agenda is not the agenda. He doesn't let me pick the agenda. And even as the leader of the church, I don't get to pick the agenda. He gets to pick the agenda. And we always surrender to that. That's a vision for the future of our church, that we come back under that of saying, God, you're the authority. What do you want? What do you, how do you want to do it? Uh, you know, that the gospel is front and foremost that we're always sharing the gospel we're always presenting the gospel that it's the it's the you know the 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 arrow the tip of the arrow and we're on fire with power i mean peter preached a pretty good message sure uh and acts 2 when the church was birthed but it wasn't the most insightful message on the planet but the holy spirit came the church was birthed the point is is that it's not about our insight it's about the power of the holy spirit so we come back to depending on leaning on the power of god all the time and letting the spirit do in the in the gospel. So th- those are visions that were were expression uh, full in, in worship as a church that we're we're expressing that. And so there are things that I, I want to be core that have been core in the past and sometimes periodically. But I want them to I want us to go back to these things being core all the time, and we don't get away from it. We don't mature past hmm. leaning on the spirit. And and so th- those are some of the visions that I have. What well, man? I don't know. I mean, there, I got people. You know, this church is a variety of people. You got people that are like, hey, man, I ain't afraid. You know, I'll kiss you, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then you got people over here, I ain't coming back till 2021. And, and everywhere in between, there's room for all of that in the kingdom. I, but, but we're not going to operate in fear. We're going to operate in faith. And, and, and I'm not saying that, that we should be ignorant of, of facts. We, 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 but here's the truth. None of the experts agree. And what that means in my mind is they don't know. Uh, but we do know the one who does know. Mm. And so we got to lean into him. All right. Well, as we finish up today, I, I want to 
go back. I just want to go on one subject that you and I are both passionate about. Um, and I started going, it's funny this morning, I started going through all these F words, just like mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and like, we like food and uh, we like <laughs> football. Uh, we like friendships yeah. and we just kind of, I just kept going down, but I kept coming back to this one thing that, that's at the center, I think for you and I very much. And it's our families, Yeah. you know, and how much we love our children and um, our wives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer and I getting ready to celebrate, I think, 34 yeah. years of marriage this year. You and Meredith have been married for like 60 or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 20, 94, so 26. Gosh. Yeah. And when you think about your family, mm. when you think about it, and it's, it's been neat. I, I've gotten to see your kids since they're really, really little. Yeah. Uh, in January, I got to go to Israel with you and Ben. Yeah. And I got yeah. to spend some time Lim- together. Lim- 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 turned 14 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember the day she yeah. got here, she you know. She four. Uh, yeah. So I was hugging her last night. Yeah, I'm passionate about my family. And I, I've never been one of those guys who needs all this guy time. Hmm. A- and uh, I-, I need family time. Hmm. And-, and Meredith, I'd rather be with Meredith than anybody. And everybody else combined. She's just fun. And she's my best friend. That's another airport. Well, you fun. guys have dated and, forever. Yeah, we dated for a few years before that. So, and we still date. You I know, mean, my daughter made a fortune. That's one of the things I've about quarantine is going on uh, dates, you know, with my wife. And breakfast dates or lunch dates or dinner. I have hated that part of it. Like, I love my kids, but we've had enough of them, oh, you yeah. know, in this quarantine. And, but uh, last night we went out to eat as a family and, you know, and, and blessed Limley. I, I, I love being around my family. And so I, what I need is family time. Uh, I don't need all this. Uh, I got friends and I spend time with friends. You yeah. know, I, spend, I play golf. I love playing golf. And, and I, what I love most about golf right now is Limley wants to play. And so she's learning golf and she's freakishly good at it. Actually, it's weird. Uh, and so she can hit a golf ball twice. The last time we played, she outdrove me and she's 14 years old and she's hitting from the girls tee. Let me qualify that. And so she got a head start, but still she shouldn't have been yeah. as far as I did twice. So she's videoing these balls and sending them to Meredith saying, look at daddy's ball and look at my ball. But, I don't know what your question was. Well, I, you, I just yeah. see, I just, I mean, you've, I just see you, you put a lot of energy into creating time with your family. Heck you, my daughter made a small fortune yeah. off of, off of babysitting your kids when they were little. So you could yeah. spend time with your wife. Yeah, You know, that's why I say these young couples spend the money on a babysitter is way cheaper than a divorce lawyer. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So hire a babysitter and, and get out, get away and date your, date your spouse. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for our friendship. Me. Thank yeah. you for our time together. A lot of rambling uh, going on here. I did. There's I, a, I, hope, I hope somebody gets something out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we want to thank you guys for joining us today for uh, Beyond Battle Creek. We do want to invite you back to church on uh, the 7th. And we are going to be together. We're going to be in one place and, and we're going to be worshiping the Lord together. And so for those of you who feel comfortable, please come and join us. Yeah. Pastor going to be preaching and, and we're going to have a great time. We got kids ministry be happening and, and we're just going to enjoy that time together. So we invite you to come back. Make sure if you like this podcast uh, that you click that down below and you subscribe so you're getting more and more. God bless you guys. Uh, we can't wait to see you literally again very very soon soon. take care